0: This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson.
1: What is happening, you guys? Welcome back to a Tuesday tune-up on the Let's Go Win Podcast where we are here to help you be happy, healthy, and wealthy. And the gentleman I'm going to bring on today, he's going to help you with that in a major, major way because the subject matter we're talking about is balanced leadership at work and at home and I cannot I cannot emphasize how important this is and how under talked about it is how underutilized it is and really it's not taught enough Dr. Travis G Perry is the author of the number one best selling book Achieving Balance host of the Balance Growth Show podcast, and founder of the Make Time Institute. He earned a doctorate in family and human development to better understand stress and goal achievement, and founded the Make Time Institute to help business owners achieve balance. And who doesn't need more of that, brother? Uh, Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you for the intro. You're exactly right. Who doesn't need more of that?
1: you know, it's not taught. I mean, we, we go to school to to learn about things, but balance certainly is not one that I don't remember that course. I don't remember seeing that as an option. And unfortunately, oftentimes families don't figure it out before the balance is so off scale that literally it ends in a divorce or something of that line or their health or work. And I know that sounds so dire, Travis, but I mean, it can get to that point, can it?
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. And it it's typically then that people wake up uh, and realize, "Whoa, I've got a problem." What they do about it varies, but it's that catalyst of like, "Wow, I've burned out. I've got a problem with my family." It could be a financial thing, could be the business tanks. Like that's when that's when people will kind of look back at it. Um, You know, balance and burnout, we talk about it in psychology a little bit with stress management and other things. But other than that, you're exactly right. This doesn't get taught uh, in any other fashion form unless you're, you know, worried about it in the business uh, realms. And then there's all sorts of messages that are mixed out there.
1: Well. Clearly, you're a business guy who has, I mean, I love the name of all your stuff. The, the Balanced Growth Show podcast is awesome. I was on it. Very blessed yes. to be on it. Yes. Your book, obviously, that's awesome. But Make Time Institute, what a brilliant, simplistic, just profound title to a company. Um I guess my question is, brother, what have you discovered in in your search for this on how to achieve balance because yes, you're crushing business, but I'm pretty sure you got a decent sized family that you're (laughs) managing and handling and balancing all of this, uh, in between, not in between, but in harmony, I guess.
0: Yeah. Those are watching the video. You can see, you know, I've got the family picture over there. We have seven children and we have one on the way. So, uh, we, you know, <laughs> making time is the key. Uh, you, you, we don't necessarily manage time. We make time, uh, for our highest priorities. And that truly is what balance encapsulates. I've found that the ones I've interviewed people like you have been on my show or, or for my book, they tell me over and over again, using different analogies, different scenarios that they feel balanced when they're making time for the things that matter the most in their lives. Period. End of story. Can we all do better at that? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm balance, man, but I struggle with balance literally every day. If I don't have boundaries in place, if I don't have structure the way that we've designed it through the make time method, then absolutely it'll get away from me. Um, and and I find myself getting off track and trying to recenter and getting there again is super important. Uh, but yeah, the, the interesting thing is my family actually keeps me balanced. Mm -hmm. So there's one thing to achieve balance and feel like, okay, I'm on the right track, but in order to keep that, that sense of balance, it's important that you make the time for those things that are, you know, highest priority, but you have that as a boundary, so my family, if they see that I'm getting off track, and like, Dad, I want to spend more time with you. I listen to that. Gee, honey, I'd I'd like to go and and uh, go on a trip or go out on a date more often. I listen to that. Th- they are
1: keeping me balanced. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. Um, however, I've found so often with Type A driven alpha male or female it doesn't matter yep yeah i heard you kids i heard you you need more time but you know once i do this yeah we're gonna have all the time (laughs) in the world once dad or mom does x we're gonna have all the money in the world to go vacation and so you're the make time that's why i love that name you're saying wait a minute that time is not replaceable like it is finite. There's only a certain amount of time that we're going to be on, on this planet Earth. So talk to me about that, brother. When we, you're hearing it and you're listening, how do you, with eight on almost seven and a half right now, <laughs> that's a lot to, to, to juggle, yeah. but how do you do it, brother? Tangible ways. So you listen. Yep. What else are you doing to really free up that time?
0: So there are several routines, and I think routine, habits structure, it's it, discipline will be outworked with habits and structure. Like I, I really do think that like y- you can say all you want, but unless you build it in, I call it an ideal calendar. Most of us have an ideal calendar for our work. We're like, okay, I just need to do these things. We have appointments that fit in these time slots. I teach that that's important. You want to have great productivity, but outside of work, do you have a calendar for time with your kids? time with your spouse, time with God, time to work on your mental health, time to work on your physical health. I teach that. That's part of the make time method. Shrink the time you need at work. I spend 25, 28 hours a week on average. I take about 16 weeks off a year and we travel, we do all sorts of fun things. We school our kids at home, but they're not really at home all the time. We're traveling a lot doing you know experiential learning. And so because of that, I know What's exciting to me outside of work? Now, you kind of mentioned the Type A's. Some of the Type A's—they actually they're 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 workaholics, and they're actually addicted to work. Period. It is a real thing. It's in DSM five. You can be diagnosed as a workaholic, but in America, we just wear that as a badge of courage. We call it hustle. <laughs> we disguise it as work ethic, and if we're not careful and that's all we make time for in our life we'll work 90 hours a week no sweat and never feel fulfilled that's part of the definition of a workaholic is they work more and because they're stressed but they don't really feel that fulfilling uh, fulfillment that they would have otherwise you compare that to someone who actually says okay here are some rituals routines that i have back to these habits ideas i specifically have you know, we have seven children and thank goodness they didn't all come at once. (laughs) Uh, You know, people, how do you do it? Well, that's a whole other discussion, but thank goodness they didn't all come as, you know, babies all at the same time. That would be insane. And you that have twins or triplets, oh my goodness, I don't know how you do it because thank goodness they help each other and they're old enough to take care of. Quite honestly, my wife and I, we go on vacations, and the older 18, 19-year-olds, they're watching the kids. Like We have built-in babysitters. Um, and then we take them on trips and you know, grandma comes and stays anyway. But I make sure that every month I have a daddy date with all of my children, all of them, which means I come home early on one day, maybe it's a Thursday or Friday, and I spend time just with them. And we do what they like to do, we go mountain biking, we hike, we play basketball, um, we go get a treat, whatever it is. They love that time. Even my older kids are upset if they don't have their daddy date for the month. In addition, my wife and I, we make sure that we uh, have a mommy daddy date for each one of our children, regardless of age. Um, And we spend alone time with them because if you think about it in a big family, One of the issues is, well, I'm just one of the kids, you know, I'm just one of the gang. Um, If you don't single them out and make them feel special often, you're not going to have that relationship. You don't have that time. Now, of course, there's joint family time. Like we go on trips, we go camping. We went on a hike yesterday for two hours on Memorial Day. Like we spend time together because we value that. Um, And the crazy thing is people would say, well, my kids don't value that. Well, it's likely because... You don't value it. If you valued it, eventually over time, they're going to love spending that time together. Do kids argue? Of course. Do they fight? Of course. Doesn't matter the age. <laughs> it's life. But um, but they value spending the time together.
1: How did you know, brother, that this was going to be your life work? When, at what point were you like, you know what? I'm going to make time something that is going to be we're going to be really clear on how to be purposeful with the time that we have. And I'm going to make it actually not seem like a drain, but rather a way to fill your buckets, because that's kind of what I heard in my time spending with you is like so often and I even said it, people say time is finite. And so it looks as like this dwindling, scary thing, but you've actually kind of made it the other way where it's like, actually you have a lot more time than you think if you're very purposeful in in that. When did you know, brother, when did you know, like, this is what I want to do with my life?
0: So originally I was supposed to be an airplane pilot. No joke. Like, uh, my dad took me on a a flight when I was 19. I'd always loved planes. He loved planes. And I didn't know that secretly he'd always want to be a, he, he wanted to be a pilot as well. So I was 19. Uh, My dad was in his 40s. What, I can't remember how old he is at the time. He was like 46 or seven or something. And he took me on this, on this plane ride. Well, uh, we, we jump in the plane. I take off. And I remember just the feeling of absolute freedom into the air. And the, and the instructor's like, wow, you're natural. And of course, he's saying all that because he wants me to come back. <laughs> you know. And I land the plane. I get off. And I, like, the, the first thing out of my mouth is like, I want to do this. Like, this is my dream job how do I, how do I do this? For the next two years, I told everybody, I'm going to be a pilot, I'm going to be a pilot. Well, um, two years go by and my dad's like, Hey, if you're really serious about this, you should interview people. Like, okay. So I started interviewing and I remembered a kid growing up with me, whose dad was never home. Mm -hmm. And, And I was like, Hey, Ryan, tell me about your dad. Tell me about his lifestyle. And he's like, well, he couldn't the first 10, 15 years of his life." He had no seniority. I'm like, what's seniority? <laughs> like, I had no idea how the airlines worked, you know, and and so I learned about like they were never really around. And then I interviewed a couple of others who were like, hey, do you like flying or do you do you like riding in a bus? Uh, it's kind of like being in a bus all day long, and it's not as cool as you think it is. I'm like, so I turned to the navy and, and the air force, and they're like, well, don't come in unless you're, you know. Uh, graduated and you have some sort of seniority there or else you'll never fly a plane. Anyway, I got all sorts of the mixed messages. The bottom line was pilots didn't have balance. And I looked at this passion of mine and I had to make a decision as a 21 year old kid to say, do I pursue my passion or do I pursue my purpose? And I don't think I made it that clear, but it was in my heart. And it was like, I want to be home with my kids. My dad was an entrepreneur. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a business owner because I have flexibility. I have freedom. And later in life, I can get my pilot's license and I can fly for fun. Right. So I started down this path and I found a career in financial advising that had freedom, it had flexibility, but it was a two edged sword. And I found myself in what I call the workaholic trap. I was trying to avoid it, (laughs) not being a pilot, but I fell into it anyway as a business owner. I was like, what's, "What gives? How did I get here? I didn't know how to manage my time. I didn't know how to set boundaries. I didn't know about balance. And I had to get trained, mentored, taught. I had several trainers and teachers, even uh, you know, religious leaders who helped me because it was stuck. I was stuck in, in this trap, um, and it led to other habits, things that weren't beneficial to my physical, mental and spiritual health. So I got help from a lot of sources and then my support of my wife and helping, you know, with the help from her direction allowed me to eventually keep my balance. And then I realized that that was the key. We try to do this all on our own. We don't get help. We just kind of mutter your way through and then it ends up destroying relationships, affecting our health negatively. Uh, and, and then I had when my father passed away, suddenly he was 49 so I got a few years with him as a pilot. He and I flew a bunch. He didn't die in an airplane crash. He died on his mountain bike, of all places, suffering a massive heart attack. Um, they call it the Widowmaker for a reason. You don't know it's there until the first sign is heart attack. And he died with his EMT friend standing, well, not standing, working on him until the helicopter came for almost 30 minutes. Uh, his, his story is absolutely incredible, but that was the catalyst I looked at my life and I said, what if I only had 49 years? What if I only made it till 50? What in the world am I doing now? And that made me go back to, I'm really going to work on my time. I'm really going to change things in my life. And we started working on it. Then I had other people come to me and be like, hey, what are you doing? How are you managing your time so well? And I was really strict about it. But then I started letting my clients in and I started coaching them and i started coaching other advisors and before i knew it i realized that is what i needed to direct my my professional time on not just financial advising and helping with money but time and goal setting and i moved that direction and you know money's part of that right it, it, your financial goals are part of your, all of your, the goals that you have in your life. And so we mix that in and it's something that I have a background in and I was so grateful, but I think it led me and at this right time where my father passed away and I had this huge change in my life that uh, I, I made the the switch professionally as well.
1: You know, I, I love that you said the, the financial part because of course that's a part of it and you shouldn't be ashamed of that. In fact, it, it's a hundred percent, but it's the balance Peace is so important. Um, And it is interesting. I'm glad you told the story. I'm sorry you lost your dad so early. But what perspective that you gain to say, wait a minute. What if that is the ticker? God forbid. But that is for my timeline as well. I'm going to squeeze every ounce of life that I have, which means not spending extra time at work at some meeting that I'll never remember but rather being with my kids. And we can say that, but how often people can catch themselves not doing that. So Travis, let's give our audience some ways to catch themselves so that they don't get too far past to where relationships are burned or their health is gone. What are some of the biggest things that you're like, gosh, I wish everyone knew these one to three things to really make. Their life that much more fulfilling in the time they have on this planet? Sure. I'll give three. The three that come to mind.
0: Number one, you know, we hear Simon Semenek and others talk about, you know, what's your why? So many different levels. What's your purpose? As I mentioned before, I had to decide between my passion and purpose. But once I figured out what my purpose was, I was like, that's it. I'm going to live my purpose, regardless of where that takes us. My wife and I, we ended up changing how we school our kids. Uh, We pulled them from public schools and started homeschooling. We changed our diet. Um, We're very strict on our diet and it's, I dropped 30 pounds. and I haven't, you know, know, brought it back on and I'm very, very healthy. I I race mountain bikes and I do all sorts of fun things because I want to be healthy, right? Spiritually. And I could go on and on. Like we've changed so many things about our life. So the first thing I would have you do is you don't have to wait until someone in your life dies for you to examine yours. So I have, and I talk about this in my book, Achieving Balance, write in what I call mini obituary. Take the 10 areas of life that I talk about in the book and write out if someone had to talk about you and eulogize you or write an obituary for your life, what would they say in every aspect of your life? You know, I just interviewed Gary Cardone. Uh, He's the twin brother of Grant Cardone. And he's. He's actually he's made billions of dollars. <laughs> uh, he's not as vocal as his brother. He's not out there as much, uh, but he is there. And he 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 said at the end of our interview, he said, "You know, I don't care if on my tombstone they say anything about business when I die. The only thing I care about is if I was a good dad." So what what is that for you? What would you if you wrote that out? What would you want people or even God to say about you in every aspect of your life? Those things that you describe, I call them values. Values are internal compass. They're internal principles that guide your life. And you know that they're true, but a lot of times we're not making time for it. So it's creating stress. It's internal. It's subconscious. We don't necessarily maybe pay attention to it all the time, but we feel it. And that's the feeling that people have when they're out of balance and they know like, oh, I'm struggling it's likely because you're not working towards your purpose in life. So balance, if you're making time for your highest priorities, you really are living your life on purpose. And that's our that's my whole tagline and I'll, I'll keep it till the day I die, but uh, that's how you know. So write out the mini obituary, find what your values are and ask yourself, what can I do this year, this month, this week to work toward being that person. It's that simple. There's all sorts of ways to set goals and do things, but quite honestly, looking backwards at life instead of trying to claw forward has been a game changer for me. Two, at work, because we struggle, you know, JM, we've been talking about the financial aspect. I find a lot of people stress because they're worried about money, right? As a financial advisor, I was helping people manage it, but I saw the worry, I saw the stress and this led me. And at the very same time that my dad passed away, this all kind of clicked. And I was like, oh, it is a financial addiction (laughs) because we're, we want success. We want maybe more money. We want more wealth, prestige, whatever it is, whatever level you're at, or maybe just clawing to, you know, make the mortgage payment. I get it. Survival, thrival, it doesn't matter until we can be okay with our purpose. Then money is a problem. So here's what I say to do at work. What are the top five things that you should be spending your time on at work. Um, I have a whole system process in the book to figure this out. But really quickly, what are the top five? Most people can figure out, oh yeah, for me, it's podcasting, it's speaking, it's coaching. You know, I know what my top three or five are. And if I'm not spending 80 to 90% of my time there, I'm doing it all wrong. Most people I interview, they're spending 25% of their time in what I call their work sweet spot. So it's a total... You know, Pareto principle switch, you've got to switch it. So, a lot of financial advisors say, Oh, yeah, I like to, you know, I'm a financial planner. Da, da, da. And at the end of the day, they're marketing, they're networking, they're doing sales. Like they're not actually doing planning, but they're trying to do everything. If you're trying to do everything, then you're going to continually justify, like we talked about earlier, oh, I just need a little bit more time, this one other project, because you can't delegate it. Once you figure out what your top five are, delegate, automate, or delete all the other stuff stop doing it now. <laughs> that is going to be your best bet at being productive. Now, if all you did is stop there, unfortunately you'd become a productive workaholic because you're really good with your time, but you don't have any boundaries. So I preach boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. So the next thing I suggest is create time outside of work. Number three, have an ideal calendar for every area of your life and show it to your kids, mm-hmm. show it to your spouse and have a meeting with your kids with your spouse. So as a family and with your spouse once a week, Travis, that's crazy. I can barely get them together for dinner. Well, I mean, it's your life. Make changes as needs be. Involve them because the more family support and the more teamwork you have as a couple, the more likely you're going to keep that ideal calendar and the more likely then you will live your life on purpose.
1: Brother, that is brilliant. The way you broke down those three. Um, I obviously want people to go check out your book, uh, connect with you. Where's the best place to do that online to find you to learn more about what you're doing? Because it truly is. It affects every single. There's not one family I know that it doesn't affect. So a uh, great, great subject matter. But it's so important. Where the, where's the best place to connect with you?
0: You know, I'm on social. Uh, I'm I'm all over Facebook, etc. But LinkedIn—that's my—that's my social of choice. We're on there more than anything else. Um, but if they want to get the book, you know, you can go to Amazon get it for 25 bucks, or you can go to our website, achievingbalancebook.com. So achievingbalancebook.com, get it for free. You just pay for the shipping. It's like $9, $10 for the shipping. We'll send that out. Um, I've got courses and other things that you can buy there as well. That's honestly the best place for this topic. And what I love about uh, having the book is it's the resource. It's the tool. And you can gain all the info you want, everything that I've talked about today. It's in the book, the stories, uh, case studies. You you don't want to miss out on that.
1: Brother, I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and really bringing this subject to light because again, i see so many clients, uh, you know, lose perspective. So I love what you're talking about, man. And I just Thanks. appreciate you, man. You just, you're yeah. just a good dude that brings so much knowledge to it. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to shed some light
0: on this topic. Cause you're right. It's, it's super important. And hopefully you guys have been able, you know, listeners out there have been able to really gain some value.
1: Guys, Make sure to share this. I, I cannot stress. I would, we talk about a lot of stuff on the show, but this particular subject matter. I mean that it affects every single person that is listening, their family, and it's so easy. This is what twenty five minutes. Share it. Say, you know what? I want you to hear these twenty five minutes because I want to have a better life with you. I want to achieve balance with you, and just say thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys. Until next time, remember your mindset matters. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. That helps us build this community, and that is what we are all about. Building this community as big as we can, helping as many people as we can, and deliver as much value as possible. Be sure to head over to Let's Go Win for information on my coaching courses and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Let's Go Win 365. Let's go win and transcend in life. This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson.